30 seconds on the clock. What can happen here? What can Quadrant do with Kronix? going to be able to touch that across. Ixos pre-jumped it. Can he get a double touch middle? This could be the shot. Relating way puts it away. But Ixo again. He's just trying. Willing, forcing, kicking, breaking. Trying to get this Quadrant team over the line. Ixo already in the air. Pre-jumping the touch to the corner. Another week of RLCS, another RLCS podcast. Uh, we're going to discuss some storylines from EU, as we always do each week. Uh, we'll compare and contrast the two heavyweights we have in RLCS right now, KC and Jinji, uh, which should be fun. And we'll also make some cases for some major contending teams and a, and a bunch more. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is The Pitch, a Rocket League esports podcast. Things are a bit different this time, though, guys. You'll see in the title, it's already been spoiled, but we got a replacement for Drew. We have Bel Air. Uh, I, I, I am Drew analyst. now. I'm Drew. You are Drew. Yeah. How, how are you doing, Drew? How's, you look a bit different today. You sound I'm, a bit different. You know, I, uh, I, I decided to cut my hair. Um, I'm a little sick right now, so my voice is a little more nasally than general. I are say. you actually sick? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to say, okay. So I was like, it didn't sound like, okay. Okay. Just making sure. Just had to make myself look dumb just for the start of the show. Just. That's how we do it. But man, it's been a minute. How's it going, Bell? How, how have things been? You know, the YouTube I, grind is on. I've just I've been on hiatus ever since uh, ever since you guys told me that you didn't want me on the pod anymore. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just I went into a dark place. I've been producing a bunch of YouTube videos, but uh, I've crawled black back. profile picture on Twitter. Just yeah, like I, full grind set. Exactly, all black. I uh, I deactivated my Twitter for a little bit. Uh, yeah, know, just uh, just back on the grind. So happy to be here. Yeah, well, I mean, as one as soon as we hit that like forty seven review uh, mark on Spotify, that's about the limit. We we kind of cut out who we could allow on this show so it makes sense it's nothing personal nothing personal at all no you got to keep the heavy hitters i get that you know i was i was in such a bad place i just started decided to start my own podcast which is really blowing up i'm getting about three views an episode so uh you know big things are happening but uh they're not they're not ready for the deep dive they're not ready for the deep dive (laughs) slowly but surely we'll build the audience but uh, yeah no it it takes a while always happy to be on the pitch yeah yeah how is that like before we get into our discussion, I would just like to talk to you for a second. Um, what made you decide to do a podcast? Just like you wanted to like have a more, I guess, in depth, like not like, you know, short YouTube video kind of segments or what was what was the inspiration there? I don't know. I, I think it, it stems from um, being jealous of, of everybody's podcast you know it seems like uh you, you don't know, need you to guys, be you guys <laughs> you have don't need one. to be you're up to you know almost 60 episodes i saw We're john close. sandman and hootie came out with a podcast i was like what you know everybody's getting a podcast this is ridiculous and you know i'd done them in the past for like the the nba and stuff yeah uh, so i was like let's let's dip the toes back in the water but uh you yeah. know it's a uh, yeah it's a uh, it's 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 not quite the youtube you know the youtube's more exciting yeah. this is difficult i don't i don't know if viewers give you and drew or my, myself i mean uh the, the credit yeah. they deserve podcasts are hard man to you know <laughs> to talk for for so long about the rlcs it's a it's it's a task i can imagine it's harder when it's one person as well because there's been i think maybe one or two times where i've drew's been out of commission i mean bro like he's been out of commission a lot like we, we were talking before the show we might have a new uh host he might be on the bench for the rest of the season but yeah. um when it was just me uh recording it was a lot different and like you have to you don't have time to kind of get your thoughts like you know with normally it's like okay drew says something i'm not listening to a word he says gonna be of honest course, so i'm looking him. at I'm, yeah i'm looking at my docket like okay what's next up what i want to what do i want to discuss so it's hard when it's one person so i i totally see what you mean but we're a tandem here today we got some stuff to cover we are we got a lot to cover Dude, crazy. it's pop in the middle of winter. We're in the cup. We're about ready to go to invitationals for uh, next or next couple weeks, really. So we're we're right on the verge of another major. How the heck does this work? How does time work like that? I just don't understand it. You know, we got some regions that are they they feel like they should have more 
seeds than they do heading into international yeah. events. We have uh, some regions like uh, <laughs> North America that I don't know if they really make you five right now, but uh, you know, yeah, we're no, going to get there. I've, just send yeah, Gen yeah. G. What are we doing? And complexity That's right. for, for, for good time's sake. But, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, you really are the new host. I'm a complexity fan around here. Oh, man. Um, so that's you got my good graces right now. Um, Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it then. Uh, we've been discussing stuff for five minutes that's totally useless. So um, glad you guys <laughs> stuck around this long. So start off with, we, we normally uh, like to start off with some developing region news. You know, give them a little bit of love. Um, Sam showed up this week um now now at this point it's a three-way race for the winter major exceed crew and team secret i think they're all tied at 35 32 or 35 somewhere around there um how we feel about sam because i I, i've talked to drew about this and after furia left i was unsure about the depth of the region but it has seemed to continue to show up it is surprising isn't it 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 almost seemed like a foregone conclusion that it would just be team secret plus one right We've seen Exceed come out of nowhere. I mean, Crew has been impressive. Statistically, they're up there. Even Ninjas in Pajamas, they seem like, oh, yeah, that's probably yeah. the other team that's going to go. Even like W7M is another team that yeah. keeps they're like, on, they're on the poking around. So, I mean, for a region that has only two slots to go, um, it seems like it's going to be a sprint to the finish. And, uh, you know, I hope Secret is there to kind of, you know, be able to show up again. But, any of those teams. I mean, I mean, who knows? Talk about a, a wild card coming into San Diego. Basically, any of those teams, I, I don't think any of the teams are going to be super prepared for um, whatever they have coming in. Yeah, and, and I mean, even with Team Secret and Fall going back a little bit, like we knew they were going to be the one because, mm-hmm. you know, Team Secret was really good last season as well. But their placement is what was surprising yeah. with them. Um, and here with with exceed in fall they struggled to make top eight even uh they added uh one player david trox i think is how you pronounce it and since then they've gelled quite well um and they've had multiple top eight performances so there's some depth in these regions now i think especially sam is is really interesting this season um so really cool stuff i think yeah i think they're certainly the third strongest region i mean i i suppose you can make a case for for mina but you know uh, we haven't seen them over like we haven't. We we know Falcons. We know Rule One. But after that, it's a bit of a wild card. Yeah. We've heard about the talent below that, but it's a wild card for sure. And uh, you know that exceed team. Just to to tie a bow on that. I mean, it's not like they're kind of making their way to points either. They've taken down Crew. They've taken down Ninjas in Pajamas. They beat Team Secret as they continue to march through. So yep. yeah, that is a that's a region that I definitely need to make a point to watch some more of. But. Uh, there's a lot of Rocket League, especially it's in hard, the Premier man. regions. I know. It is It is like watching multi... I mean, we we were saying this before the show, like balancing watching different sports and how you balance Rocket League and stuff. Watching the different regions in itself is like trying to keep up with multiple sports because there's so much... The dynamic is so much different between all of them. Mina is nothing like North America and you know vice versa. So it's hard. So you can just do your best pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. It's like yep. it's like pro and college sports. It's like there's too much. I don't know. There's I'm too trying much. my best. That's the thing. Like with this, uh, you know, bringing up at the be- beginning of the show, you know, some of the developing regions. That's my part at the moment. Maybe later on in the future, we'll do some segments specifically for them. But for now, that's uh, what we can do. But um, moving on, uh, kind of in-, in tandem with developing regions, um, developing talent. T Bates, I think it was yesterday, he posted on Twitter um, an update or, or maybe a revision to the majors uh, that a lot of people have been calling for. Uh, I'll just read the tweet. He says, RLCS majors should feature more teams, at least 24, so more players have an opportunity opportunity, excuse me, to compete at LAN, more international representation, orgs, etc. The World Championship, though, should feature less teams. It should be the best of the best competing against one another. How do you feel about that? Because I don't think I've, you know, we've always heard um, we want more major spots, but I haven't heard, you know, taking away or or keeping world spots where they are. I thought that was kind of interesting. That that second part is is interesting and it's not uh, the piece of it that I'd given as much thought to. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Like, do we really need to kind of 
send multiple APAC teams so that, you know, some of these bigger regions can kind of, you know, boost their stats or kind of get more of a free run into the playoffs or whatever. Um, So that, that portion makes sense. Uh, I, I think the thing that is more compelling is the idea of adding more teams to majors. I don't think anybody is really against that. I, I would assume the kind of devil's advocate point to that would just be logistics or financial. Like maybe Zionx just yeah. doesn't have the capacity to send more teams or kind of set that up or, or yeah. whatever. But um, you know, outside of that, I I think we definitely have deep enough regions to send additional teams. I, I don't think you're going to be sending anybody who's just like, Oh, well, you know, thanks for, thanks for showing up. Um, right. Yeah. But you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? You know, I had not, I guess, thought about it quite from the angle he had, you know, I, I think for a long time I've thought of majors as those premier events. And, and even the way he's saying it, they still are premier events, but the 24 team format is less to get, I think the best of the best of the best, like the world mm-hmm. championship would, and more so to increase the competition between those regions. Mm. Um, so you can have some of those three seeds or whatever from the other regions come into the mix and, and improve, which overall improves the entire league. So I've never looked at it from that vantage point, uh, using the majors more as a development rather than premier premier. So I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting personally. Yeah, I totally agree. I had I had responded to T Bates's tweet too late for mm-hmm. it to get traction at some point though. But I had said, you know, how March Madness does the last four in, right? Where you have these sixty some odd teams who have already qualified, and then you basically have a mini tournament to decide who the last four to get into it are. I mean, of course, that would right. in the same way require Psionics to fly all of these teams out there in the first place but you know maybe that's a way to go about doing it get a cluster of some additional yeah. teams and then the best of that cluster get to actually compete on the main stage yeah. or something like that yeah and that's i mean a bit of a different format but i did read uh, who was it um ian i i don't think he's like like involved in the scene but he he uh posted on t-base he replied to it he said have uh, eight teams directly qualify as you know we do mm-hmm. in a 16 team wild card where another eight teams qualify from that mm. that is interesting is that i think that's how they do it for worlds i mean it's a bit different but yeah. overall it's the same structure i think and that would be interesting just like a last chance qualifier um the one concern i have is like when are you just letting too many people in and making the event you know Paying too much for the event and letting yeah. too many people in that don't need to be in. Because this is the RLCS premiere of the premiere. I guess it kind of depends on your philosophy on on the competition and the gatekeeping, I guess, of the league. Because the the downside, if you think about it long term, would be that you're diluting your product for online events, yeah. right? If you know you can yeah. just kind of qualify and it doesn't really matter where you rank then it puts yeah. less weight on the events leading into majors. Um, so there's definitely right. a balancing act there. But, you know, hey, I'm for it. Let's get as many teams. Let's have yeah. everything be international majors all the time. Nothing online. I want every weekend. That's right. Re- yes. 50 yes. teams Regional from all around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get another peep squad with the Redless come in and just dominate. Yeah, Let's be get fun. it rolling. Um, yeah. But one final thought on this one. Then we'll move on. The one thing too is just I'm coming like me and you we're hardcore fans we have you know we have content surrounding the league which most people don't so we're hardcore fans we we've we the community as a whole has also talked about there being too much Rocket League so again it like goes back to that point like when is enough enough like when when have we given teams enough chances um so it's it's a weird balancing act I think overall and it's not there's no perfect answer I think you just have to do what you think is best for the league. No matter what, players will complain. Especially 16-year-old <laughs> players. 20-year-old <laughs> players my age. I mean, I'm acting like I'm an old person. I'm not. But even people my age will uh, will complain for sure. So you can never uh, never make everybody happy. That's for sure. But let's move. Let's, uh, let's not dwell on this for too long. Let's get into um, the main topic uh, for this week. Our overall thoughts on the EU Winter Cup. Um, Bell, I'll start with you. 
what what are your overall uh, feelings so far? Was there any team that overperformed to your expectations, underperformed, or just overall kind of highlights uh, that you want to go over as we kind of delve into this a bit? I mean, still impressed by... It, it's tough to not start with Carmine Core. I mean, it's such a boring answer. Yeah. Uh, but just they... they it's just true, though. So they've so thoroughly dominated that region, which I, I think is the better of the two premier regions right now, uh, Europe over North America. So for them to just steamroll for a second event over the competition was really impressive. Um, German Amigos also impressive. Everybody was wondering whether or not that result was going to be a flash in the pan, but their defense seems to be genuinely legit. Uh, And then the question mark for me still is, is oxygen. Um, That series was pretty thoroughly dominated by Carmine core, you know, a team that was supposed to be assembled to be the best in the region, at least competitive in the region to just get rolled um, by who should be your peers caught me off guard. Um, Yeah. But what about yourself? For me, I was interested by G1 because I did not expect Mm. them last regional to perform the way they did. This is kind of a sleeper pick. I'm a Mark Byatt guy, so bear with me here. Um, I did not expect their performance last regional. So that kind of gave me hope. I was like, okay, this team's team's cooking a bit. And even in this regional, they were second in their group with Carmen Corp. Let's let's, uh, be clear here. And they beat Carmen Corp in round three uh, in a game five. So I'm like, okay, these guys are really cooking right now. And then, uh, and then they lose 0-3. They get swept by Team Vitality. It's like that's an interesting team that I think we need again another regional to like formulate an opinion on um, because they're they're a bit of a wild card. So I thought they were an interesting team and will continue to be kind of interesting going forward. Um, I want your thoughts on on Quadrant. What what were your thoughts on Quadrant this regional? They're certainly better than. We give them credit for who was it? Am I recalling correctly that Jack had put out a tweet saying that they're yeah yeah consistently kind of dumped on, even though they keep keep winning. I I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they. I, I think they've established themselves as an online team in Europe that can just consistently be top six. You know, always competing for majors. The question yeah. really for me is once we get to that stage, and of course, like Cash and Ixo, it was their first time being there went in the yep. fall major and Relating Wave has, uh, let's call it a checkered past of performing at the international <laughs> stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they looked really, really flat at the last major. Um, and I think there's some European teams like G1, like BDS who aren't going to make this one, but you know, let's take G1 as an example. I would be more interested to see how they perform at the major than I would to see quadrant again. But you know, if, if quadrant still make it, you know, I, I, I I don't know. They're, they're a team that it's kind of like tough to get excited about because I feel like their ceiling is tapped a bit above. I, I don't think there's any universe where they win a major, uh, maybe no, maybe I'm being a little harsh, but you know, G one would have a, a better shot in my eyes of like of potentially winning it or making a grand finals than than Quadrant. They're just that kind of super steady above middle team in in my yeah. opinion. No, I agree. They're they're kind of like that. They're a bit of a gatekeep team. Like they're they're not going to beat a bunch of the people ahead of them, but they're also not normally going to lose to the people below them they're like that little gatekeeping team and i mean if you just look at the results they had a decent showing this week mm-hmm. um they made semifinals. they got swept there obviously but team liquid was looking very very nice and i want to get to them as well but there was no i tell this to you all the time there was no like when you look at it with the eye test there was no killer feature of their of their structure there was like their defense was average their shooting to be honest i think I didn't like their shooting that much. I, I I haven't looked at the percentages, but when I was watching them, it looked like it was bar, bar, bar a little bit. Um, and we haven't seen Cash consistently perform. So I'd love for this team to be better than they are, but I think they we know their ceiling, and we've seen it 
you know this thus far this season yeah totally agreed i mean and it and it stinks because i like all of the players individually on this roster uh i i think eventually you know you probably have to shake it up to improve but you know hey Cash and Ixo were running up against the same wall time and time again, unable to make it to this point. And look, this roster is doing it. So while I might not, you know, yeah. cartwheel out of my bed to go watch them play or anything like that, <laughs> they're definitely they're definitely better than I've thought they would be, you know. So yeah. hats off to Quadrant, yeah. but they're not quite as exciting as Team Liquid. No, they're not as exciting as Team Liquid. Let's discuss them a little bit. So um they looked way different, in my opinion, this regional um, than previous. I don't know if you agree, but the structure was there. So they still they kept that Team Liquid style where they they like to commit, they like their offense because of the players they are. They're young players, love that about them. But they lacked the structure and they lacked the passing. I think they were a very almost NA type team where I think they went for a lot of two dimensional plays like dribble bumps, you know, just same things over and over again. This tournament, I saw just a bit more of that passing and team play, and it looked incredible. It was so much fun to watch. I don't know what you think. They're like um, the metaphor for liquid. They're like, you, you know, those videos where there's a box and somebody puts their hand inside it and you don't know what's in there. So you're like afraid. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like that's any opposing team playing liquid. You're like either we're just going to they're going to be completely discombobulated and not be able to produce on offense and we'll just counter on them all day and win easily or they're going to be just the best team the world has ever seen. Liquid are like the most volatile team in the world. Um but you know, that, <laughs> talk about a team with top end talent who could win any event. I mean, For Liquid real. is on the short list. Like I'm a huge fan of Oski, big fan of Atal. A chronic is somebody who doesn't get talked about just because he doesn't have the kind of scoring competency that the other two do. But that team, man, when they put it together, um, probably, probably the only team I take that back. One of the two teams I would take to be able to beat Carmine core, be them and Genji, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really? Okay, so you don't think Oxygen can do that? I'm just, this is a bit off, but I would like your opinion on that. They're so tough to to tell, right? Because as soon as you're like, yeah, they're not going to do it, then they get on land and you have Rise. And Jorius yeah. always statistically is like one of the best land players ever. Um, but, you know, so far, so far it's been weird. I mean, I think that head to head that they just had against Carmine Core was really telling. They yeah. couldn't score at all. It didn't seem like um, mm. it just seemed like they were getting shut down at every opportunity. They weren't being given any space, which is what oxygen thrives in. Uh, Joria seemed like a non-factor. So that team's got some stuff to figure out. I won't rule them out, but I definitely wouldn't bet on them to beat Carmine. But I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on anybody to beat Carmine. I think they're the best team in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and I, over Jinji, in my opinion. Um, even though, even okay, though Genji we'll, we'll is that sick, later, we'll get to but, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think Liquid are one of the only teams who could hypothetically contend against the uh, the French All Stars. I like that take. Um, I don't know if I fully agree with it, but that's kind of why I like it because uh, I think it's <laughs> something we can just discuss a bit later on um, yeah. when we discuss uh, the Genji KC discussion. Um, but kind of shifting back to Team Liquid. When we look at this performance, I mean, it was really impressive, but I think one of the things they've struggled with is that inconsistency as a team, their identity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of the tape you've looked at or run back, but do you think this is something they can replicate um, going forward into uh, other regionals and, and hopefully majors? Can they replicate it? Definitely. Can I, they, yeah. I, I think if, if I were to make a list of players that I want to be my lead striker oski and atow are on my short list i think both of them are exceptionally gifted scorers um the question is whether or not they will stop playing with their food metaphorically i mean if we go back to Mm. fall they were a round five team in every single regional event they were a round five team at the major and 
you know, they catch lightning in a bottle recently, make a deep run. They won the, the, the fall invitational. So can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? I, I, I think they need to, they need to show us that they won't lose to teams that they should be beating more consistently for me to really think about them as one of the top teams in the world. Yeah. Um, the, I know in interviews, I've been really enjoying the one-on-one interviews, uh, these past, I think, I think really the whole season, maybe it was just this winter split, but the one-on-one interviews, um, I think, I think it was Subi who was talking to a chronic and it does give me hope that, you know, he didn't just say we played our game. Like he said, like we, we made a conscious effort to adjust our play style when it was necessary. Adjusting our play style was our play style, if that makes sense. Like that yeah. was a a conscious thought that we had. So that gives me hope that like since it is a conscious thought in their head and it's not just like, you know, a random event like, hey, we were feeling good this week. That gives me hope they can replicate it. But um I think you're right. They're gonna need to show it a few more times for me to be like, Okay, yeah, this is the team liquid, this is the identity they have this season. But um I'm rooting for them because Ever since I came in the in the league, I've been a huge fan of Team Liquid, just as an organization, no matter mm-hmm. what player they've had. So I'm really uh, I'm pulling for them uh, this split in the rest of the season. And it and it helps that they made a conscious effort to change, and it actually worked, right? Because so much of Rocket League right, at the top right. level is mental. So if they made an adjustment and then they got totally destroyed, where do you kind of go from there? But to be like we're consciously mm. adjusting, and then to make a very far run in the tournament, definitely a positive sign for them moving forward. All right. So we've discussed Team Liquid. We've discussed kind of our overall thoughts on the EU Cup. I'd like to discuss BDS a little bit because my stock for them was quite high going into this bell, uh, this this event. Um, because I think a lot of people took Monkey Moon's twit longer kind of in a negative way. I took it as a positive. Like, yes, he's dealing with stuff. But he's being open about it, which is a great first step. And he seems like he's hungry to win. Um, I don't know what you think about that overall and, and how their expectations kind of aligned with their performance this event. Yeah, I, I had a similar takeaway that you did about the twit longer. I mean, it interests it, or it enters rather this kind of interesting space of it's difficult to contextualize someone's like personal thoughts and well-being and be like mind is very complex yeah yeah, to be like oh i understand exactly where monkey moon is but my general takeaway from it was i felt like that was a a net positive like being able to get that off of your chest to be able to put something heavy out that uh like that out there to people and it seemed to be received fairly positively you know like i think so a lot of stuff like that can typically kind of get a little murky and you know fans can be a little a little crude or whatever, but I mean, that one seemed to go well. So I had the exact same high expectations that, that you did for BDS. And, uh, and now they're in a, a really weird spot as, as we kind of wrap up the split. Yeah, for sure. So, um, they did decent in groups. Um, there were some shaky bits, but overall they went two and one. Uh, there was some frustration over <laughs> kind of the format, how quadrant beat them out, even though they had a worse game diff. Um, I don't want to go into that because there's a lot of podcasts that have covered that. Uh, and then in round one, they got uh, one three by German Amigos or three one, I should say. Uh, so not the performance I was looking for from them. And, and when I look at it, to be honest, I really don't believe it's because of Monkey Moon or maybe in the traditional way. I think a lot of it has been Seiko. Like mm-hmm. last season, he was right there with Vatira doing his thing, he could 1v3 the defense. And this season, to me, he's just dropped off. Obviously, you know, you're more of a stats guy. You do this stuff quite often. Um, so I'd like your opinion on that and and kind of the impact he's having right now on their performance. Yeah, I mean, the the analytics are really tough on Seiko um, and, and Monkey Moon quickly before I hop onto the, the Seiko train. Right. I mean, Monkey continues to put up numbers. He's doing th- first killer ki- kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, was he number one on Octane rating last regional? I'm almost positive that he was. That's what I remember. Anyway, go ahead. He was like a 1.2 or something crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Seiko, really, when you kind of look at the numbers, and of course, like the the eye test kind of bears this out, I feel like, but his scoring numbers have dropped 
dramatically. They've fallen off a cliff. I mean, if we look just, you know, it's a small sample size, but the world championship, I think he was second in goals per game in that event. He was just a shade under a goal per game. And you even go back further to end point. I mean, he was just transcendent on the offensive end, surrounded by Wave and Metzenaris, who I don't think are two players that really, you know, are going to blow the wheels off of anybody. So Seiko was just doing so much heavy lifting that it seemed like just an unfair home run for him to sign on with BDS. And I mean, now he's down at like, he's below like 0.6 goals per game or something That's like not that. Great. <laughs> it's not great at all. I mean, it puts him in kind of the, the lower echelon of the region, which is just not what you would anticipate for a team like this. And then when you look at, you know, like the world championship, it's not like uh, it's not a situation where it's like, well, you know, he joined this new team. So of course the stats fall. It's like, no, when they were literally the best team in the world and they looked unbeatable, Seiko was still shooting at, an incredibly high clip. So I, I, I just don't know, you know, what stylistically has like made them become such a walkover. I mean, last season, a loss to German amigos, we'd all fall out of our chairs, but <laughs> now they've lost to them four out of four times this season. So weird stuff for them. Do you think he is the biggest? I mean, obviously it's a team sport, so it's going to be everybody, but do you think he is the biggest reason behind everything? Is it a mental thing? Maybe even with Monkey Moon that it, maybe it's affecting the other players trying to keep him kind of in, in a good mindset. Like what do you attribute most to the, the impact they've had or, or lack of impact, I guess, is a better way to phrase that. I don't know. It's it's a double-edged sword, right? And obviously I have just no capacity to understand the game at the like absolutely highest level from like a gameplay aspect. Uh, Or like I'm never in like hard comms with people. So I don't know how that goes, but it's this double edged sword where either you are way overthinking it, but you also don't want to like totally underthink it. Like if something is broken, obviously you have to fix that. But if you like try too hard to reinvent the wheel and then you're just kind of thinking as opposed to just playing, you can kind of hurt yourself. Um, Like that's something that happens a lot in the NBA with like, uh, with like young players where they come in and you can just see them like they're mentally like trying to process everything. And it's like, just play basketball, man. Like you don't have to overthink this. Exactly. And it's, it's obviously magnified with BDS being, you know, BDS. I mean, they were the best team in the world for multiple seasons in a row. They've won multiple majors. They're the reigning world champions. They missed the fall major. So there's more pressure from everybody to kind of succeed. Um, so I, I don't really know what it is. I mean, Seiko is, it seems deservedly the the scapegoat here. Um, but, you know, somebody who always just gets to fly under the radar and rest on his laurels. And I mean, rightly so is extra. Anytime we talk about extra, he's like, we're uh, the masses are just like, oh, he's so consistent. <laughs> True. All right, let's yeah. move on and talk about Seiko and Monkey Moon. But it's like, I don't know, you know. You know, it's a it's a team sport, but it's only three players on the on the field, and you know, extra is supposed to be the consummate team captain. Um, so I don't know. They they definitely have some stuff to figure out. It's weird to think that they're gonna miss back to back majors. Yeah, I I remember last I say last episode, our last recording of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I think it was you who had mentioned like sometimes the the downfall of being successful early yeah uh, I, i'm looking on psycho's twitter right now there's actually a post i remember uh i think february 12th he said i didn't realize how lucky i was last season to make so many finals i would have benefited so much from it yeah um right? w- when you're a player like psycho and i'm glad he recognizes this too that he's conscious of it when you're a player like psycho or, or like any star in any sport and you just immediately have success um that's awesome. It's flashy. It's nice, but you haven't experienced the adversity to get there. You you don't have the the only experience you have is winning. You don't have okay. How do I rebound from a bad split? How do I rebound when my teammates maybe are hesitating more? Because you've always been on in an environment that is winning and competing for championship. Yeah, like if you if you come in, I mean, we're we're about to see it with Zen, right? It's a similar situation where. No one around him is telling him he's anything but 
the best player. God. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to come in and just absolutely roll everything. The expectations for him are so high. And, you know, while my expectations are, are tempered when we talk about Zen, I mean, let's hypothesize and say that he wins the first major that he's a part of. Mm. Is he going to be like, all right, now it's time to really, really crank it up? Or maybe you take your foot off the gas a little bit. You, you know, you're young and you tell yourself, wow, this is so easy. I don't really need to keep grinding. I'm already there. And, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's something that's, that's happened with Seiko. Of course that's, that's projecting, but you know, right. I, I don't really see Seiko on the, on the leaderboards. I don't check every day or anything, but you know, it's not like he isn't, no, he's, he's not always kind of around there. You know, who is, is monkey moon. Monkey moon continues. That's to, true. Continues to put in the hours. So yeah, that's a, I would hate to be, the general manager for that team because i just i don't i don't oh. know i don't know what your moves are no that's a thing um and and not to harp on this very much longer but uh, we were discussing earlier as well um with bds it's like are you do you make a move for the future keep things try to you know just try to get yeah. back to where you were or do you want to make a world championship this season because it's not looking like you will this season if you continue how things are maybe you'll win next season but it's probably not going to happen this season. So it depends on your philosophy there a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, it's kind of um, it's like the the sunk cost fallacy of mm. if you buy something and then you're like, well, I can't sell it because I bought it for this price. So I have to yeah. get at least that yeah. much back for it. Like you can't really if you're looking to move, let's <laughs> hypothesize and say you're looking to move off of Seiko. It's definitely this is probably the lowest his you know, quote unquote price will ever be. But I mean, if they miss the spring major as well, well, then it's going to, it's just going to keep sinking and sinking. Um, so it's like, you know, do you, do you make a move now and potentially blow it up too early or, you know, is, is the timetable for professional rocket league players so short that you yeah. say, screw it. This clearly isn't working. The heavy lifting to get over this mental hump is just too much to overcome. And, and maybe they just, you know, cut bait and, and try and go a different direction. There's definitely some really good French players out there that I'm sure would love to team with Monkey and, and, and Extra, you know? Yeah, there's not a shortage of talent that's looking at them for sure. So it will be kind of an interesting thing to see how they undergo this like months now that they're going to have off because they're not going to make the Invitational. They're not top eight. So they're done yep. up until next split. So they have plenty... Plenty of time to kind of uh, rest and, and kind of think things over. So um, we'll kind of try to keep updated with them to see if they decide to make any uh, decisions there. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, European teams and kind of dominant teams, or I guess former dominant teams in uh, Seiko's case, I'd like to discuss uh, Genji and Casey. So mm. actually, this is your edition. So this is something that I think is a super, super interesting debate it kind of goes back to the super team thing like t-bates you know saying it, it's not a good thing but having these Jinji and casey respectively in their regions being on top i think it makes um their matchup when they do eventually match up even sweeter and now we can theory craft like we're about to do right now about who's better i think it's awesome overall uh having these like kind of uh monoliths here that are are just kind of waiting to be unleashed against each other. I totally agree. I think it's nothing but good for the sport. It's it's so interesting, this kind of concept of the super team. And I know we don't want to belabor that point because T-Bates has done yeah, hours of done content it. on it now, but it's weird. I don't really, on paper, think either of these teams are necessarily super teams. I mean, I guess you could... You Not could, in the traditional sense. Yeah, you could, you could make the case for it and I would listen. But I mean, you know, Exotic came from... Semper, which was kind of, you know, a scrappy upstart team. And he's obviously better in the system he's in now, but, you know, Chronic was on randoms for crying out loud. Like, it's not like, yeah. it's not like they've gone and done like a phase, you know, move or an oxygen move or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I had put out a poll on Twitter the other day and, um, and honestly, it, it just blew me away. I said, who is the favorite at this point going into the winter major, Genji, Carmine, or another team? And it was like, 75 percent gen g um really that, which that <laughs> blew one? me away yeah i was i was shocked i thought it was going to be runaway 
well, maybe not run away, but at a minimum, even for Carmine Corner, right. who who I think are the best team in the world right now. Um, but you know, I, I know you and I may may not see eye to eye on that. Yeah. Okay. So let's discuss this then. Who is more ahead in their region? And I guess really the question is who who's going to be better in the matchup is mm-hmm. maybe even a simpler way of putting that. Jinji or Casey? So. I've discussed this with you before, even last night. That's crazy how podcast files breaking uh, works like that. Um, so there are some great arguments to be made about Casey. Mm. Um, I think the differences are way smaller than that 75% Jinji are telling you or, or the community thinks. I don't think they're nearly that far apart uh, in talent and structure. But when I just look at it from a human standpoint, complexity really struggled when CRR came across. And even just before CRR, when they had their team that was same as Sam's, same people, same comfort level, yep. but just moved the region, it worked for a little while and then it failed because there was just so much change that they had to do. They were moving around a lot, new country, new environment. That will that will affect your gameplay for most people. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of life. Um, with Gen G, two out of the three players did not compete in this continent uh last season um they have a young rookie who they've really quickly kind of uh trained not just to compete on on online but keep his nerves down on land and really be um an asset on land not just you know someone to kind of keep in check and hope he holds everything down um that takes a lot of mental fortitude and mental toughness i believe so i'm gonna go with jinji but I do really, really like your arguments about KC, and it, it makes me lean towards KC closer each time you tell me. I, I just, the the thing that I can't get away from, and again, I think to caveat it, it's splitting hairs. Like if you, if you, you or the, the metaphorical, you not necessarily just you, but if right. somebody is like Genji is better, I will totally listen to that argument and will probably agree with, 95% of it, you know, Gen G They're are both very good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they are, if we're going pound for pound, most dominant team, it's Gen G. They've right. won basically everything this season. They've been a part of all of the grand finals. They are definitely more dominant in their region than Carmine core have been, or that Carmine core are in, in their region. And I, I think right. there's just right. more, teams that could potentially challenge for the belt in Europe than there are in North America. But, you know, for, for me, it just comes back to a couple key things where I think if you're going pound for pound, Carmine core have the better player. They have Atira, who's probably mm. the best player in the world. And they have dominated what I think is the stronger region. And I think it's honestly a positive to, we know pretty specifically like what their pecking order is. Vatira is mm. their best player. Atachi is their second best player. And Exotic is their third best player. And right. I think that structure is helpful, not only play style wise, but also mentally, how you prepare, how you right. handle adversity, all of those things. And it's a little, it's a little different for Genji. Like, you know, who's their third best player? Nali is probably what most people would say, but mm you would get pushback from a ton of people on that who think Nolly is, you know, part of, you know, their engine basically. So, right. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't disagree with any of that. And I think it's kind of similar what, to what you were telling me where I think both of us can make very compelling arguments for both sides. I think I especially start to sweat for Genji after this split. So Itachi Atachi's always been great. Let's expect like the entire circuit era, open circuit era, he's been fantastic. But this season and this split in particular, I think he has actually really rivaled Vatir, not you know, purely on talent, because I think Vatir is better, but the impact he's having on the team. I think he's rivaled Vatira. So you have two of those players that split, and we're, you know, gonna assume that they bring, you know, a good portion of that to land this time around after their mistakes before. That is really, really scary for Genji because as much as we love Chronic, we, we don't have the same sample size as we do with, you know, all of uh all of KC pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And you know, really the the biggest kind of 
negative, I think, is the the strongest devil's advocate argument is look at the major. Like Carmine completely fell short yeah. of what they were trying to accomplish. And Genji had a ton of pressure on him, a ton of doubt. Everybody said that apparently Jack won't be able to do it uh, on on LAN. Um, you know, we've never seen Chronic before and they looked awesome. So, yep. you know, I, 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 if I was a gambling man, I would choose Carmine core going into this major. I just think they have so many elements that I think will make them the best team when it matters. Um, but them and Genji, I think it's safe to say have definitely kind of opened the gap between the two of them and whoever, you know, third and fourth place is. Yeah, definitely. And the struggle we're going to have, but also kind of the blessing is we probably won't see them on the same side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, in the major, just like, you know, this past major. So if we see them, it's probably going to be in the finals. And I would also bet money that, that, that they could, you know, definitely be there if they perform the way they are right now or close to it. Obviously, Lan is a different beast. Oh, my gosh. Um, we saw that last split. Like, Moist didn't look particularly good online, but got to the finals and played decently. So anything can happen on land. But again, when you have two monoliths uh, for your regions, like it's fun to theory craft. And yeah. I think that's a really good benefit. So um, we wanted to put our hat in the ring there, just discuss our thoughts on that. Um, okay, Bell, this is the part where you teach me a little bit. So I needed you to give me the uh, clinching situations for Europe right now. We're on our final regional. We're in the invitational Kind of update me as well as everybody else on uh, the situations and how certain teams can can make land. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm parroting this from the one, the only direct on Twitter. Um, Love I, him. I think he's the official statistician for the RLCS, which uh, that is correct. Yep. I mean, call me call me jealous, uh, but clinch, <laughs> clinch situations for Europe. Um, obviously, there's still too much to figure out in North America with the second event right. coming up, so nothing there. But for Europe, Carmine Core have already clinched. So three teams need to finish in the semifinals or better to clinch. Those are Team Liquid, Oxygen, and Team Vitality. German Amigos and Quadrant will auto-qualify if they make it to the grand finals. And then there's four teams, Moist, Williams Resolve, G1, and Sonics, who need to win the whole thing to control their own destiny. And then there's a there's a bunch of other teams too who, you know, it's kind of they need stuff to fall their way. So we have what right. is that? Is that twelve teams that control that's their a destiny? Lot. Is that Yeah, that's a handful. Six, seven, eight, nine teams that control their destiny on uh, and whether they make it or not. I, I wanna let you've been thinking about this and you looked at this way more than I have, but I am a bit surprised that G1 is where they are, like mm-hmm. that they need to really like show out completely to control their own destiny after what we saw first regional. They beat KC and then they went out early uh, this event. So really weird showing from them and kind of unfortunate kind of where they're placed right now based off of that. Yeah, they're they're a team with a lot of potential. Um, they are a team that I personally am, am selling on. Um, I've been a huge fan of atomic i've sang his praises perpetually especially on the offensive end i think he's one of the best strikers in the rlcs right now but i don't know i just uh mark's role is a little more murky than it than it used to be i i feel like he was one of the players who we had one of the like best understandings of what his role was when he was on bds Mm -hmm. and yep now it's it's a little more um swiss army knife than it was previously and um you know dorito one of the best players in the world to compete in the rlcs i i think that's a spot where you probably look to upgrade um i just don't know if this is a team that will be able to win a regional event i can totally see them making a deep run but especially given the context of all of these teams who control their own destiny who are looking to make this event I just think the field is a little too deep for them to walk away with a grand finals. Um, yeah. But in their same group, I look at somebody like Moist who, you know, if anybody out of G1 Sonics, Williams Resolve and Moist is going to win a grand finals in order to clinch their major spot, uh, I, I think that's definitely a team that can do it. I mean, we just saw them go to a grand finals at, at the previous major, but 
I don't know. What what are your thoughts on G one? G one, I agree, is interesting. It doesn't when I when I saw this team originally, I thought, okay, Mark, like this is his roster, at least that's kind of what I had in mind. They have Kale, which is also the former BDS. I was gonna you know, I was thinking, okay, okay. it's gonna have a similar BDS structure to it. Um, it's gonna look like maybe I don't think the same level as BDS, but kinda like a little, you know, BDS light type situation. And I think you're right, like they don't fully have an identity. I don't know if it's consistency that causes that or if it's just a lack of communication and, and clarity that way. But it you know, I think their performance this split has really shown what they are. They performed well um last regional, I believe, and this regional they performed well at times, but ultimately, you know, fell short to you know expectations. So, I think a lot a lot of these teams need help with their identity, and that would like just save them bunches, which is easy, easier said than done. But I think identity is the problem for a lot of these teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a pretty nervy result to almost get perfect swept by Vitality in the in the last event. But you know, they're definitely a team that have that have shown us more than that. Um, uh, as as with basically every team, I think it kind of just depends on on how the 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 cookie crumbles, as it were. What what kind of matchups do you get in front of you? Because you know maybe walking into this right, one, right. they catch Williams Resolve and then Quadrant or somebody like that, and it's like ah, oh, you know that's actually a pretty they could probably make a decent run with that. Or you know maybe you catch Carmine Core, and it's like ah, oh, well you know thanks for showing up, but right. Yeah, they're they're definitely a team that is that is more in the mix than you know, a Sonics or or a Williams Resolve, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, podcast getting a little bit long because of that, like the little like break we have in between. So we'll move on a little bit. Um, we had a fantastic idea, or uh, we did. Bell had a fantastic idea. Oh, this was all we... you. No, 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 no. I I thought it was me, and then I realized that you had said it before, and I just didn't understand it correctly. So. What we're going to do is, before we kind of wrap up a little bit, we're going to do a major draft list. So what we're going to do is um, just a normal back and forth draft where we draft our top five teams almost. Kind of like power rankings, but we're going to call it a draft. Um, Once one of us drafts a team, the other cannot draft that one. It can be from either region, anywhere you want. You know, pick from whatever, um, whatever region you want. But it just seems like something fun we could do. I, I haven't seen a lot of people do it quite like this. So, you know, good on you, Bell, for coming up with a great idea. And since you're the guest, I want you to start off. That's the uh, the type of attitude I have towards this. Unselfish. That's incredibly kind and hospitable of you. Yeah. Um, I think my first pick is is pretty easy. I just talked till I was blue in the face about <laughs> yeah, Carmine right. Core uh, is my, my first team off the board. Okay. That is, I think these first couple picks will probably like people understand, but I think the four and five could be interesting here. I'm gonna go with Jinji. I've already made the argument for them. If I don't make that, I'll look like T Bates. Um, <laughs> with them right now, I just think the mental fortitude they have, along with the communication, you know, they they talk about their structure outside of Rocket League. They text each other about this, so mm-hmm. um, stuff like that just gives me a lot of hope for them this coming major. Uh, because they've done it before at this point. So, Genji at number one for me. I'm going to go ahead and take G2 as my okay. G2 pick. Why do you. So, where's your confidence in G2 right now? Because I could be wrong, but I've felt they were shaky this split. You know, as we kind of have these kind of big examples of super teams that kind of fall apart, you know, NRG, BDS, all these teams that have popped up and then kind of dissolved uh g2 are still just this bastion of consistency they continue right. to put it together event after event the thing for me was always i i never really understood why people talked about atomic as like a top five player but in the more recent events i've been watching he just he really can do it all he's impossible to read if you're a defensive player who's looking to get in his path um, and I, I think Chicago and JNAPs are one of the best veteran duos that we have in the entire RLCS. I think they have a chip on their shoulder from getting embarrassed at the world championship in the grand finals. Um, so I think G2 are still certainly on the warpath to try and uh, 
return to the highest levels of their former glory. I like it. I like the confidence. I was a I was a huge G two fan for a long time. I still like them. Now that Rizzo's gone, you know they're best player. It's kind of <laughs> waned a little bit. So. Um, but I like the pick. I like the pick. So for me, my two pick. Man, it seems like I'm I'm in an NA bandwagon. I'm really not. I just really love uh, complexity right now. Mm. I'm, I'm going to call him a Sam squad because, you know, I, I'd like to do that. I'm like uh, Jorby in this case. <laughs> CRR, this split, has really impressed me. They, yeah. they picked him up last split, beginning of the season. He had some out-of-game stuff happening with his dad and health stuff. And just the overall moving process, you can understand how that might affect gameplay. But this first split where they had time to focus, sit down, you know, think for a minute, they've really, really shown up. So maybe a bit of bias there just because I love the players and the story. But I'm going to do complexity number two for me. No, I think that's a, a great shout. I mean, they looked like they could potentially be the best team in North America until they ran up against Gen G. Here's where Which it gets. Is, you know. Yeah, you know, if you're going to lose to somebody, it's a good team to lose to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. God, this is tough. Um <laughs> Okay, there's just too many teams hanging out in Europe. Let me hop there, across the depth. pond. I mean, gosh, for, for all the trash I talk, give me Liquid. Okay. I think they're starting to put it together. I believe in the top-end talent. They scare me just incessantly with their volatility, but give me, give me Team Liquid. I mean, we talked about it. Like, they have the... The mechanics to do it is just putting together a system that works, and they did yeah. show that this split. So I, I don't hate that pick at all. For me, staying in North America. Oh, I almost feel like I have to, <laughs> but I don't want to actually. Really, I don't want this to be all in a. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh, this is really hard. Now this is really hard. You know what? I'm going to go with mm, Moist. This is really crazy. Wow. I have more confidence uh, in wow. Moist than the one above them at Quadrant and German Amigos both. I think they might make a run. And once they get to land, once they get to land, I think they'll be fine. So that's, that, is a, that is an edgy pick there. I, I will not even debate that. But I'm going to go with Moist. It's a, it's a risk because they might not even, they hypothetically. I know, I know. It. Oh, I know it, Bell. I do know it. Oh, oh man. There's so many teams still hanging around. I'm just licking my chops over. Um, I mean, if if the M80 game never happens, FaZe is already off the board. So I'll take FaZe Clan. Okay. Dang, I should have chosen them and then done Moist. That's what I should have done. You got to think about this. Okay, for my next one, um, Oxygen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna have gonna my do, perfect five. I'm gonna do oxygen. Um, like I said, similar case. How I feel to Team Liquid, uh, wonderfully mechanical, but they just need to put together a system. To be honest, I don't think they've done that yet. But with the addition of Rise, I think they are they are good enough. Obviously, you know they're they're, they're basically in the major. Yeah. Um, unless there's a catastrophe. So once they get to the major with Rise, I think that will help them quite a bit. So oxygen, my number four. Totally agree, and I am overwhelmingly excited that Vitality fell all the way to me in the fifth round. I don't know why I didn't choose them earlier. Okay. Man, this is an L of a draft for me. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go with... Oh, my goodness. Who are you considering? really hard now. Who are the teams you're... Who am I considering? Yeah. I can't see a world without Space Station in the major, but they're not they're tied like four ways with yep. Furia, M80, NRG. All those teams are question marks for me. Um in Quadrant I have zero faith in. Is that bad? <laughs> I think that's Quadrant. fine. I understand it. <laughs> but also German amigos. Oh my goodness. I'm a go with history right now. You know what? I'm gonna do Furia. I'm gonna wow. go Sam again. Drew Drew's hating on Loss because his boost consumption is bad. He doesn't need boost, and he's in the air already. <laughs> Once he's there, and if he has enough to get there and beat him, it'll be fine. I'm gonna do Furia. This is quite a list coming up for me right now. I like it a lot. 
can you, I, it's just so bizarre to think that if you did this before the season, like not having space station or version one or BDS, like, I mean, version one still could make it, but I just, there's so many good teams. There's so many good teams. Oh, so did you do your, I got five. five I got five. So to to reiterate, if you want me to, I wrote, I wrote them on my hand and pen. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. So you have Gen G, Complexity, Moist, Oxygen, Furia. Correct. Carmine Core, G2, Team Liquid, Phase, Vitality. Okay. I like that. And and let me preface here a bit different than a power ranking, actually, because I would order these a bit differently. I don't know why I didn't before. Same. Um, The pressure got to me, the pressure of the game, you know. (laughs) Normally I'm a bench warmer, so this is pretty new to me. Um, I'd probably order Genji, Complexity, Oxygen, Furia, and Moist, I think. Yep. What about you? Is, is yours pretty much in order? or I think mine's probably fairly in order. I would probably put Team Liquid down to five. Okay. Uh, so I'd probably go Carmine, G2, Phase, Vitality, Liquid. Right. Very good. That was fun. We needed uh, next time we have uh, next time we bit. have a, a yeah next time we have a special guest and Drew. Now that you're the ho- you're the co-host, um, <laughs> we'll have him on and he can uh, he'll do a list with us. Um, but we want to wrap up. Uh, but before we do that, just a quick little look at group stage right now. Um, let me pull it up for Europe. Let's go over just like we normally do, kind of the groups, who's in them, who is most challenging right now, um, and who we think has the most competitive group let me get it pulled up real quick i thought i had it but i have like eight thousand tabs open <laughs> there we go okay so let me i thought i had it why isn't it giving the uh do you have them up do you want to go through them i don't know if you um i do have it i have it right here okay give it to me because for some reason my page is being crazy it's all good, Liquipedia. Uh, so, Group A, Genji, Dignitas, Optic, Koi. Is it KOI or Koi? I've been saying KOI. I like that better. But Group B, Phase, NRG, M80, Shopify, Rebellion. Group yep. C is G2, V1, Knights, and Ghost. And Group D is Space Station, Complexity, Furia, and Accrue. Okay. So who do we think here is, has the most challenging group? And also, as a side point, who do you think is a sleeper pick as a group? Like just competitively, yeah. I guess is a better way to put that. I think um, I think Group D is the most difficult. Yep. And I look at Group B as a team where I can see any of those four teams making a quarterfinals. None of them would really yeah. surprise me. Yeah, I think Group B is probably the the next one up it kind of i mean knights sometimes can have some good performances if one shows up in g2 that's also i think yeah group d is the clear favorite and group b is uh is next up so there's you know i've been telling drew this season it feels like the groups have been weighted pretty evenly overall yeah Um, i think they've done a really good job um with the seating here i agree genji getting a getting a walk back to the playoffs i know it i know it dignitas is going to be their worst opponent which is that's just that's just awful there they're, they're gonna they're, they'll get their uh buy for sure they're gonna get their buy unless something crazy happens you know what would be funny in group b if m80 beat phase again oh my or gosh. something <laughs> then i'd be scared then i'd be scared uh and you not you might not feel as as good about the phase pick there okay yeah. all right so I think that's going to pretty much do it uh, for the episode. Thank you so much for being on, Bell, for for uh, coming back a day later. We're, we're breaking the fourth wall here. We recorded it last night, had some audio issues, and now we're here the day later trying to finish it off. So I appreciate you uh, and your willingness to uh, come back and, and finish it off. <laughs> of course, man. I just needed a nap is, is what is what it was. That's right. I said, hey, can we, right. can we call it right now? We'll circle back yeah. tomorrow. I, I just need that's to sleep. Right gotta run it back you know what i mean just exactly uh, let the takes uh cook just let it you know sleep <laughs> on a little bit there you go yeah so uh before we go um i want to let you shout out any socials or any videos you've released i know you just released one even i think just today 
Um, so anything you want to shout out before we get out of here? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Twitter and YouTube are really the, the only places that I'm hanging out uh, at Bel Air Baller on both of those. And uh, yeah, like you were just saying, just put out a video on Itachi, um, who's taken just a massive statistical leap from last season, but even last split, frankly, to this one. Uh, he looks like one of the best players in the world so far this split. So video analyzing Itachi and uh, that's all I got. Very good. Well, again, we appreciate you coming. Make sure to follow his socials. Always has some really fun little snippets of, of insight on Twitter that you can just kind of easily digest. And then YouTube, he often gives a lot of really, really uh, good, more in-depth um, analysis of themes. So if you are into that sort of stuff, which you should be if you're here listening to a Rocket League esports podcast, that's pretty niche. Um, I think you will like it. So please go check that out. But with that, um, we're going to enjoy the weekend of Rocket League here in North America. Hopefully we get some really cool results as we get closer to the major. And as always, we will be back to recap next week. Take care.